It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello, Paul Cochran with you for another episode of The Sprint Lane. I've got Amanda Rando with me. Amanda, we're going to continue our series today and catching up with the people really at the starting point of the industry, the Breeders Series. I love this. We're getting down and talking to the people who, well, basically are putting yearlings and foals on the table for us to be able to to consider that end up becoming the superstars on the racetrack that we know and love. Exactly. Without the breeders, we wouldn't have an industry at all, and it's a massive week for breeding here in New South Wales. Yeah, of course, we've got the, uh, the, the I guess, the yearling sales that, that are wrapped around the Miracle Mile Carnival. We love what happens on the track. We've got the biggest race in the world, obviously, that's Saturday night, the Miracle Mile, but, hey, there's a lot of work that goes into getting the a superstar on the track and this is where it starts isn't it the yearling sales exactly and all the foundations and it starts from you know getting that that mare into foal and and following her pregnancy and then that foal being born and yeah there's plenty plenty before we that happens before these horses get to the yearling sales well it couldn't happen with great people in our industry like jake stockton g'day jake welcome to the show mate G'day, thanks for having me. Mate, uh, you, you've got a great story on how you came to be sitting um, there at Wingate Farm where you are now. Um, let, let's first off kick off with the sales this weekend. You've got some good options there for, for astute buyers? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got 17 yearlings that'll be heading to Sydney, um, followed by four in Brisbane and then 10 in Melbourne. So there's plenty keeping us busy here at the moment and... Uh, We've probably got a horse there for every budget, and um, yeah, there a lot of a lot of different um, by different size and different demands. So there's a bit there for everybody. All right, mate. If you if you had an open checkbook, which one are we going yeah. after? <laughs> um, oh well, I've got a, probably a different pin than everybody else, but um, <laughs> that's the game. Yeah, isn't I don't it? <laughs> like singling out one because I might be wrong. But no, there's there, there, to be honest, there's not a lot wrong with any of them. Um, they all. Very correct. Um, there's not one really I don't dislike, put it that way. All right, well, mate, I've got the book in front of me. If you were saying, all right, Paul and Amanda, hey, have a look at this one. Is there is there a particular particular lot number that we should be uh, should be turning the page to and and sort of saving a few bucks in the back pocket? Um, well, yeah, I don't like I don't like doing that because we've got different <laughs> clients, but. Um, my favourite, like we've all got a different favourite too. Like Rogers here, he likes uh, the Sun Beach somewhere cold. I'd love you, Mum. That's his pick. Um, you know, mine. My favourite would be um, a horse going to Melbourne. Actually, the delightful Jackie um, Sun Beach cold. That's my. I think he's the best. You know, as good as horses I've ever bred. So um, we've got to say, wait to Melbourne for that one. Right. How, how about some of your yearlings that are by relatively new stallions? Have you had much interest yep. in them? We have. Um, there's we got three McWickets, um, two for Sloys, a filly and a colt. Um, yeah, the rock and ro- uh, the um, the McWicket filly out of Hotshot Woman. That's she's a really strong. Um, I, I do really like her, and they all seem to have um, a good attitude. The McWickets. So we've got one of them. We've got a Soho Tribeca, two first season sire out of a 
out of a really good mare, Soho Tokyo, um, for Mick Harvey. Um, he's, a, he's a lovely colt um, by first season sire. Um, what are the other ones? Oh, we've got a lather up filly. I think another first season sire out of Charlotte Church. Um, a good family for the Carla Felts. Um, a half to some good horses. So, no, there's, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a few there. And we've got an interesting one too. A, a colt probably be a, um, there'd probably never be another one sold. Or a horse um, called Johnny Rock from New Zealand. We bought a mare, um, a really good mare, um, in actually in Faldering. That's how. It, um, came to be, but um, he'll be probably no one's probably ever heard of him. But he's on type. He's probably the best looking horse I got. Jeez, what are you what are you looking for, mate? When you say best looking horse we got, what are we looking uh, for? I like you know good size, not too big, um, athletic, um, you know something that just you know stands out to the eye for me, um, and you know it's got to be correct. And um, you know, I like good attitude. He's he's um, when you see him, he's just one of them wow horses. You walk past him and go, "What's that one?" You know, he just really stands out. Yeah, yeah. So, some of your sires that you have standing at Wingate Farm did quite well last season. Yeah, um, going really well at sales, and um, you know, Tint in America, um, he's he's going super. You know, his first crop have two runners in a chariots final. Um, you know, with Mahomes and. Tim's a trooper, and even to have a horse like Teddy Disco just miss out um, for a horse that only had 40 odd live foals to end up with three in the, you know, nearly in a chariot's final is a big effort. Mate, I go to the supermarket and I look at the biscuit aisle. I can choose between the cream biscuits or the non cream biscuits. Do I have to give up the cream biscuits to afford one of your horses? No, no. No, look, I said there's a horse there that I've got on top. Right. Type's nearly the pick of him, and I, I, he'll, be in a, he'll probably go for a. Uh, you know, not a lot of money, but, um, you know, there'll be something there, something there for you. So, all right, mate, let's go back. So, all right, the Wingate Farm story. Now, this this took shape last year, didn't it? Because yeah. you took over the... Well, this year, yes, first of September, yeah, last yeah. year, yep. So how did it come about? Um, well, well, to be honest, it just sort of fell into place. Um, I'd been doing what I'd been doing. Um, you know, doing my own six or eight yearlings and, you know, breeding eight or ten mares and doing really well and, and um, you know, always wanted to maybe expand um, and we've got a young family too so most of the time, you know, if you're looking to expand, we sort of, we didn't have enough country where we were to expand too much um, and then, you know, when Europe come on the market to be able to you know, not actually pack up and move the whole family and, um, you know, in your hometown. Um, you know, we just did our best to make it happen and and here we are, yeah. So, I mean, at the time, like, there was um, there was a lot of sort of publicity that was generated around you taking, up, taking it over. That must have been an exciting time, you know, to think, hey, a lot of dreams are going to come true for me here. Yeah, a lot of dreams and a lot more work, I'll tell you that, like... <laughs> We haven't had a day off since the 1st of September, so um, we, we can't wait to get these sales over and done with because you have the stud season um, that just rolls straight into yearlings. Um, and then, you know, we're represented at all three sales, so, um, you know, it's busy. But once that time is over, we all can't wait to have a couple of weeks off. So a dream that started when, mate? Take us right back to when you started first started thinking, you know, what you're doing now. When did you start planting the seed in your mind that that's what you wouldn't mind sort of directing your life towards? 
Yeah, well, I was sort of born in the, I was born in the industry. Um, my, my grandfather done what I'm doing now. He had a, had a start at Shepparton and then back at Leeton, um, you know, with a few stallions and, and that. And then, um, you know, my father passed away when I was younger, so the farm got sold up and always, like I grew up, you know, I can remember us doing the horses up until the age of about 10. Um, and then we had to sell the farm and had a bit of a break. And then, um, you know, I was always into racing. Um, it was in my blood and then um, till I was old enough to get my own place, it just started from there, you know, started with one mare, I got really, you know, bred, oh, that's how I started off, I, I started off buying a mare and, um, you know, got really lucky, every foal that she had was, you know, started Mac Wiper, you know, 300 odd thousand and Sterling William was 250, everything she had, I just put that back in and, and um, she pretty much paid for me to, um, you know, to keep on buying more stock and and um, all started from the one mare that I got lucky with. Gee, man, I love that because you know that when you get it, when you, you pick up one of the, the, the Wingate Farm yearlings, you're getting a horse that's been bred with love and care and from genuine horse people who've had a direction in life and say, this is what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. And, Jake, a lot of the mares are, are your own as well, aren't they? Yep, they have. You know, look, um, I up to I think I bred twenty five of my own this year, so that's my biggest number. And you know, a lot of more, a lot of quite like I've I've got the quality now where I want to be. Um, you know, so next next couple of years are very exciting because the foals I've got on the ground this year. I think we've got I've got sixteen of my own, and and um, you know the quality is just um, bigger and better than I've ever had. What sort of hours are you keeping, mate? <laughs> Hours, yeah. uh, no, it just <laughs> there isn't many because like this year we were doing stud through the day and then I did I do the foaling down at night as well so you don't get a lot of sleep. I'd hate to know what hours you do, but um, I love it. So yeah. you inherited yeah. a pretty, you, it took over a pretty good property down there, didn't you? Yeah, You're well, it is. It's over my eyes. It's a big, it's a big business. Um, you know, like you think it's not a lot, but when you add it all up, like we've probably done. We had up to 250, 300 horses on farm through stud season. Um, fold down just over 100. Um, so, you know, it's there's always something happening. Like there's never never a dull moment, that's for sure. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. A lot of mouths to feed. And, you know, I, st- I started off probably as worst of years I ever could have got. We had, um, we had two floods in, you know, in five weeks. Um, one, the last one was the one that really um, hurt us, um, you know, so not only did we have the horses and it was all new to me, but also had the, the floods on top of that, which we, we lost about 75% of the farm underwater. Um, so that was interesting. And um, What, what you did know, you do? Did you have to move horses around? No, well, luckily there's enough dry land, but then saying that they are, they were all on top of each other for, um, you know, probably two weeks, you know. Um, we managed, but... Um, all, all their beautiful pastures we had were just totally wiped out and just hand feeding pretty much everything for, you know, eight to ten weeks while we had to wait for everything to come back again. And that's not far. Like, you said you took over the farm on the 1st of September. So, yeah, geez, mate, you walked into some, some drama walked pretty quick water, then, didn't you? I thought I was just in a real comfortable place <laughs> of life and then we uh, we did this, or the head goods this, and then, you know, like... Two or three weeks later, the rain kept coming and coming, and oh, yeah, God. so that and we'll, soul you know, destroying. We're, we're boating staff in at one stage, so you know, by boat, there was you couldn't got to the stage you couldn't get out on a tractor. 
Um, so everything kept going, seamen, everything by boat. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you could, yeah, it was it was crazy. I bet that wasn't in the real estate brochure when you took no, over. No, it wasn't. But anyway, it was, I thought, well, one positive list, I know where the water, where the, all the high spots are anyway, the next one. So how did it come about that, like, Eurobee was up for grabs. How did it come about that, yeah. that, that you ended up being the buyer? Oh, well, I don't know. There's probably not uh, – it's probably – in saying that, they're probably not an easy thing to sell because, um, you know, like, this property is just that – with the infrastructure is just real totally equine, you know, so there's not that many people out there that are willing to do it, I think, you know, and I was in early and I'm just glad, um, you know, we were able to able to, to get the property. Yeah. Well, mate, you're doing a great job down there and, I, you know, it must be so exciting to have taken it over on the 1st of September and we're, what, six months on, Amanda and... And Jake's got a great crop of yearlings up for grabs, you know, with the yeah, the prestigious sales are wrapped around the Miracle Mile Carnival. Yeah, I guess this is a, a really big time of year for you. And then uh, also standing your stallions. How about we give your stallions a bit of a plug as well? What have you got standing there in the upcoming season? Uh, well, well, the upcoming, we haven't sort of finalised all that yet, but we've only just finished this one. But, um, you know, this year, the big... Like um, Tintin America is probably our well, he's our leading leading stallion. You know, with um, the year he's had, um, he did up around that. I think he done a hundred mares, or you know, just you know, around that hundred. Um, one we're really happy with was first season sire Be Happy Mac, which I actually bred myself. I think he served the most mares. He might have been just over a hundred. So that's a you know a massive start to his career. He's got some quality mares and. Group one mares, and um, I think the breeding incentives, you know, really helped our boys out being the colonial. Um, and you know, we also had Warrawee Needy there. That's um, you know, he saw the blue winner of Ashley's the other day uh, uh, this year. Uh, um, Savion. Yeah, so he just keeps ticking over and um, getting winners. So you know, we're quite happy with how they're going. And that breed New South Wales initiative that you that you just referenced that that's yep. been a, a big help. Big help for, for our, yeah, definitely for our colonial ones. Um, you know, they're pretty much, the price range that ours stand at, they're pretty much getting a free throw at the stumps, really. You know, they're pretty much breeding a, a free horse as such, so definitely helped. Yeah. What's the dream, mate? There's a, it must, dream? Must be a, it must be a dream that one day yeah. one of the horses that you've, uh, you've bred ends up winning a big race. What's well, that? well, that's uh, pretty much the dream is what I'm doing now. You know, like I bred Be Happy Mac. I've seen him born. I fold him down. We sold him for good money. Um, then we purchased him back after racing, and to be able to stand—that's that's my dream—to stand the, stand the, you know, the cults and these ones. You put your faith in the in the bloodlines that you put your faith into, and to prove on the track, and then hopefully prove it in the breeding barn. Um, that's my dream is to to keep breeding these cults and and you know, respect all fillies, but cults mainly the good enough to win them big races and then go on to stand at stud because I think that's where the future is. Um, you only got to look at poster boys and, like I said, so I tried Beckers and or you go back to Christian Cullen or Courage Under Fire. Look, we are good enough. Um, just got to get them, get a start, you know, get the get the right mares and get the numbers. All right. Well, mate, you're still pretty tough for a big part of the year, but the rewards come at times like this. So I wish you a lot of luck with the sales. Uh, at- yeah, yep. coming up this weekend with the Miracle Mile uh, Carnival and the sales that, that are going on. Wish you the best of luck because, yeah, you guys, you guys certainly put in the hard yards. You deserve everything that comes your way at this time of year. 
Yep, thanks very much. Good on you, Jake. Well, man, it's fantastic to catch up with with, with uh, our people, really at the the grassroots of our industry. Oh, it's one of the great sort of parts of our industry that we can talk to people like Jake. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Jake has a great story too. He's obviously been involved in the sport for such a long time and now he's, you know, delved into this new operation and got Wingate Farm uh, established now and giving that a go. So, you know, without our breeders, as I said earlier, we wouldn't have a sport. So it's great to see someone as young as Jake as well uh, taking that on. Absolutely. Jake, wish you all the best of luck, mate. Congratulations on everything you've achieved so far. See you guys. All right. Uh, Amanda, it's a big week ahead. Can't wait to continue bringing the stories of our of our breeders and, and everything that's going on in the industry. Um, to everyone out there listening, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the little insight into our breeder series. We're going to keep bringing them uh, throughout the week. So uh, we'll catch you again on another episode of The Sprint Lane. Bye-bye.